My name is Andy. I help people live life on purpose. This podcast explores the mystery, beauty, and complexity of life through conversations with an array of incredible practitioners, all of them working at the edge of what's possible for humanity. This is a place for big dreams, bold creativity, and fierce hope. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. My guest today is Noreen Nareen. Noreen was born in Carraconlish in County Limerick on the west coast of Ireland 70 years ago. And she began taking singing lessons at the age of seven. Today, she is a theologian, a philosopher, a teacher of music and music history. She is a minister, a reverend minister, a master of ritual and the uses of sound to help people mark the most important milestones in her in their lives. Birth, marriage, death, and many others along the way. She also originated the concept of theosony, which is the sound of God or the sound of the divine, a way of engaging with reality through listening that can bring us in touch with the mystery and the wonder of existence and of the universe. Noreen has collaborated with hundreds of other singers and artists, perhaps most relevant to this audience, her sons, Owen and Michal, and I recently had her son, Owen, on the show. In 2004, she collaborated with Sinead O'Connor, who described Noreen as the, her biggest influence in heroine and, and music. She has helped thousands of people, thousands of people through her music and gentle encouragement. In our conversation today, which traverses Irish poet, poetry and prayer and music and brings in a, and distills really this incredibly rich and full life that Noreen has lived and embodies her, her calling to share her gifts forward. I hope that you get a taste of those gifts today. I certainly did. I was moved to tears, to the edge of tears several times during the course of this conversation with Noreen and It's so humbling to be in the presence of a human being who has devoted their life to a path and has also stayed open to all of the twists and turns that path might might take them on. There's lots more I could say here, but the best thing to do is to listen. So let's get settled in. And hear what Noreen has for us. Hi, Noreen. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. Gurmila Magad, Andy, Agus. Time harve sasta, convehansa. Agus ve eglaut, Agus inigan swain of sun, shilim gur an obrj ata, o yen vakte. Is obir ane hauchtuk erfad. Mar hanto kind agzik tracht er dochus agus dochus shin fokel ane vur erfad. So I dus boire bevralium banacht aro. Banacht aro ingweiling. Mar antanga ata grine is. Tanga anan lea fola fad. Agus shilim nor a dermid, agus bimid a kind or so, nis dermi. Ach idus boide. Guim bannacht. Ergach aina guim bannacht. Idus boide er ende. Agus arimsem. Agus divsche hoide. A honig chach. Agus gemig the chlose. In an clushent. 
go no an all day mar vimer na tracht er an an all son nor a hasnimer so tan et lehrisch er schin agus et lehrisch le solus agus le quinnel an sa mar schilmit ingmeling nur hagen dine er so bin quinnel alasse er nav agus lenen an solus schin erag gdi armos nor hamid glerte harnasherist agus an quinnel mochte ik bringte sa Andy and dear friends, it gives me, I hope you didn't think I was going to keep going in the <laughs> Irish language. But I would have tracked about 3%. So that would have been an interesting conversation if we kept going. But that was really beautiful. Thank you, Noreen. And when I get excited, I love to speak in my own language. Mm. And I am very excited about mm. speaking with you, Andy, and mm. with your listeners too. Mm. And as I was saying in Irish, in my little blessing there, our belief is when you are born in heaven, a candle is ignited. Mm. And that continuous lighting, sometimes it's a large candle, as in my case. Sometimes it can be a small candle if you're called back again. Mm. If your dharma is, if you're called back to mm. heaven. And so when we say in Irish, we never say somebody died. Mary died. Patricia died. No, we'd always say "Ta Quinnel Mochte Riv Vracha which is that her candle has been extinguished before the dawning of day, mm. and the dawning of day, of course, refers to resurrection, new life. So, as a little flame of connection, I'm going to ignite a candle here, which is sending a rainbow of light over to you, Andy, but also to all our listeners here. Mm. Mm. And, of course, flames are very important in the Jewish tradition. The soul is the flame of God. Mm. And so mm. that will remain with us as a flame of belonging and friendship, inspiration, as we started there with your beautiful meditation, and creativity, of course, too, and friendship. Mm. Mm. I do not have a match to light the candle that's with me, but I'm going to let your light travel in and light that candle and really, really deeply touched by the blessing and the lighting and that rainbow light. Thank you, Noreen. And that candle, of course, is the symbol of the light in your own heart. Yeah. So for yourself or for anybody who doesn't have that light, it is still... Light of connection. Mm. Mm. Intention. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I'm in touch with a lot right now. But, but perhaps the thing I want to start with is what I'm experiencing right now in this moment as part of your calling or your dharma, which as I understand it from afar, and I'm now experiencing it firsthand, is the work of... of ministration to minister with and to others. And um, you read a chat, I, I heard you read a chapter of your book in which you said to the adults around you, I'm going to be a priest. And they said, you couldn't even be an altar boy. What do you mean you're going to be a priest? And I know that recently you, uh, within the past years, were ordained and so I, I sense in some way you have always been a minister, but in, in another way you are here, like arriving fully and wholeheartedly in that identity that you claimed for yourself as a child. And I wonder if you could speak to that some more. I feel like that's that would be a really meaningful place for us to begin today. Yes, I was a troubled child. Um, grew up in, if this is a bad map of Ireland, grew up here in Limerick, in the south of Ireland, very near Shannon Airport that some of you would have heard of. And um, a child who was very lonesome, really, 
there were three of us in the family. I was the youngest and my parents were, my father was a very successful businessman. My mother was a high school teacher, which at that time was quite unique to have two parents working. So we didn't want financially, Andy, but we wanted it in other ways. Mm. We wanted it in other ways. And so from a very early age, I began to establish a connection with what I'd call, I suppose, the divine, but who became my best friend and whom I would talk to constantly and teach my mother's hens to pray. And I'd go out of my little seat and sit in the middle of them and say, now it's time to pray. Everybody must pray and you must pray because you have a fairly dismal situation <laughs> and I can help you, I can help you. And so I would teach them the Our Father from the Christian tradition and Our Father and I'd make them repeat after me and of course they did. Bah, 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 bah. And I was convinced that <laughs> I was teaching them to pray. So and I sweet. was, I suppose, too. I was, I suppose. And then right through my whole life, that Dharma, that call to prayer has been so strong, that call to connect other people too, without proselytizing or without saying, get down on your knees mm. or whatever, because of mm. course, spirituality is so much broader. Spirituality is everywhere. Mm. And we believe that in the Irish mm. tradition. Dia illa loitach is what we say, that God is omnipresent and mm. invisible in the visible world. Mm secret, but yet totally acceptable. Mm. And then coming along much, much later, um, found myself married, had two sons, one I think that you've met and might meet in a minute, and then uh, divorced, and but felt a very strong calling to say something about this connection to the divine, which for me has always been Oral and oral through mm. the ear. Mm. Mm. And so managed to persuade the powers that be that there was something in my little naive seed-like thought. And so I went, I was doing that and lived in a male monastery for on and off for 16 years, following the daily round, the only person to live, not to talk of the only woman, but the only um, person non-monastic to live in a male wow. monastery in again a place called Ledsall Abbey just where I beside I live at the gate now but I actually lived in the precincts for 16 years mm. until that to Andy I outgrew that mm. you know like Aeneas Nin the writer mm. would say a time came when to remain within the bod was more painful then mm. the pain to blossom. Mm. Mm. And so an opportunity arose to follow a path of seminary in London for two years. And in 2017, I was ordained an interfaith minister. Mm. And so since then, Andy, my, I, 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 now, I, I now could pass over because I have tended to people. I have done all sorts of rituals, ceremonies with people for divorce, marriage, death, all the rituals we pass through in mm. life. Mm. Mm. And also teaching now too, which I believe as an old woman, um, I'm 70, and that it's now my calling to pass on, mm. to leave something behind me, something mm. of love, something of truth. And I sometimes say to my students, I teach in the university, and I say to them, you know, if somebody could have come in, listen, because if somebody had could have come in at, at the age of 21 and told me what I'm telling you now, which is nothing to do with me, this is just universal truths. But if somebody had come in, I think I would have valued it. Or maybe people did come in and I never listened. Mm. So, mm. Listen up now, listen up now. Mm. Mm. So such a rich journey, and I sense you could spend the whole conversation unpacking it. But but I'm particular in the moment. I'm particularly curious to hear you speak more to your sense 
that you've arrived at a place in your life where you, while you're here, you have a clear calling to pass forward whatever it is you're capable of, but also this sense that you could also pass over that, that there's a a sort of something really grounding about your, you are just fully in who you are and, and that's enough. Can you say more about what that feels like or how that lives in you? You see, in Ireland, we do death very well. Mm. I don't know if you do death here very well, actually. No, no. In the States, we do, at least in my experience, we do death quite uh, fearfully, fearfully and avoidantly. Right. Absolutely. Whereas, mm. look at, we can't ever wait. As we say, it's only just extinguishing this very fragile light into universal light when we mm. die. And we're going to have a ball in heaven. Honestly, a man, a man at home used to always say, well, honest to God, heaven must be a better place because nobody ever came back. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. It's true. Who would want to come back here to this, as we say in one of our great prayers, to this valley of tears? Mm. Now, it is wonderful. Rearing children, as you know, Andy, what a blessing um, that we are. But, but as Khalil Gibran would say, they're not our children. We're just there to bring them in. They choose us, of course. Mm-hmm. And we bring them in and let them go. And mm-hmm. then we have done. We have done what we were called to, to do here. Mm-hmm. And so... That, that touches me quite deeply. I'm aware of a, a part of me that feels really inspired and humbled by that that opportunity and that gift to be a steward to their lives and also part of me that feels quite sad in a way that um part of what i understand my role as a parent is to help them arrive fully into this world that has so much suffering and heartbreak and to let them go into that and it's uh it's hard to hold both both of those realities and truths at, at once but I appreciate you naming it so clearly. Hmm. You sing with your sons. You're in your one of your sons' homes right now, and mm-hmm. as you, how how do you hold yourself as as mother as parent in relationship to the the themes that we're exploring right now? I suppose I don't, Andy, because I re- regard them now as my best friends, you uh-huh. know, uh-huh. and. The roles have re- reversed because now they're looking and saying, Mother, have you got your keys? Did you take your vitamins this morning? You know, and uh, so singing together has been a real blessing. But of course, you see, as I was always experimenting with sound and when mm. I was carrying them, when they were in my womb, I never stopped singing. To mm. Them. Mm. And so when they came out, then, of course, they first thing is they were, you know, they were put into a little baby grow of sound and of singing and so on. So therefore, when we sing together, we're almost a voice of blood, you know, and people have often said that, that there is a harmony and, and you know, a synthesis of sound that we create. Again, nothing to do with us but just because we have shared this space, sonic space for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, so, yes, it is a great blessing. And of its time to, you know, that we'll, uh, we, but we've sung all over the world and yeah. it's recorded and uh, it, we've had great fun too, you know, because we, get on together most of the time, most of the time, get on on very well. And uh, so we have, we have fun as well. Mm, mm, That's so sweet. I have a lot of questions about, and tell me if I'm saying this word right. Is it, is it theosophy? Theosony. 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 Lovely. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Yeah. I want to 
you alluded to earlier that your relationship to the divine, to, to our world is through your ear and you're speaking about the harmony and resonance, the, the blood music that is present because you've cultivated this sonic space with your children. And I want to deepen into that. And, and I wonder if maybe a way we could enter that door fully is, is through a song from you. Does this Absolutely. feel like the right time for that? Absolutely. Um, so I sing all, all sorts of styles and with different modes too. So sometimes I accompany myself with drones. I love drones. I've been to India several times. There's a great connection or identification between um, Indian singing and our traditional singing, which we call Shan Nose, old mm. style Shan Nose singing. Mm. Um, so we use these instruments that I brought back from India, not this particular one. This is Owen's. I've left all my own at home because when I travel, at least certainly pre-COVID times, when I would have instruments in my bag, they caused such furore because I'd take them out and maybe <laughs> half unscrew them all to make sure that there weren't drugs within. Oh and then, of course, everybody eventually would say, oh, come on, give us a song now. So I very often have to entertain the Sort of like I'm people. doing now. Okay, exactly. let's... <laughs> the people. So let me stand. I think I may have to raise this little camera a yeah, little bit now. While I stand. Um, let me see what I'll sing for you. Um, tune this now a little bit. And hopefully it will be kind to me. It's never sung with me before. So mm. it's always been in Owen's hands. And of course, these instruments are alive, you know. Yes. So you have to ask permission of them to to operate them, to bring them into your own space. And so I'm asking that now. And um, so let me see. I'll sing for you. Um, to, we're around the time of Patrick, mm. Mm. March the 17th, and Bridget, mm. the female divine counterpart there. Mm. And so I'll blend for you two... Little prayers to Patrick, which is a protection prayer attributed to him, actually, mm, mm. Um, where he says, I don't know what time your uh, your podcast is broadcast at, Andy. What time do you normally? Uh, it usually goes out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, kind of middle of the week in the morning. Depends the on the day. So, Lovely. Yeah. Well, this is a morning protection, mm. drawing in on the divinity to mm. protect your morning. I arise today through the Trinity. I arise today through the sun, through the moon, through the wind, through the fierce rain, through the sea. And then the little Bridget prayer is all around a great phrase of hers, which is, the happy heart is true. The happy heart is true. Mm. 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 Oh, 
Fischgeleri, Breed August Party. Thank you. It seems the instrument accepted your request to support you. <laughs> and thank you. Yes, it did. It did. Mm. And you see, these instruments then too are made with such care and craftsmanship and all which comes from another source. And we'll all have a different name for that divine, of course. There's seven and a half billion people on this planet. And each one of us will have a different name. But it's all about air. The lovely Sufi um, proverb, I suppose it is, says, listen to the breath of God. Listen to Muhammad, to Buddha, to Jesus to Shiva, but don't get caught up in the names. Mm. Don't mm. get caught up in the names. Listen mm. beyond the names. Listen to the breath of God. Mm. Mm. And that's what we were doing there in that meditation that you led us so beautifully on, Andy. We were connecting with that breath mm. of God, mm. which for me mm. is what every song is, even the most profane song because that too was created by some force mm. and of course at this time too we have to be which I was doing there actually as I was singing sending our blessings to our troubled areas all over the world mm. to our areas of war injustice, slavery not just of course in the Ukraine but all over the world mm. And indeed to those places of war in our own family too. And it's reminding us that this is a time of reconciliation and of peace. And of course, we also carry war in our own beings, don't we, Andy? Mm. In mm. our fears and our anxieties and our depressions and no one of us escapes that. We are all together in that, just as we are human. We're all together in grief and in fear. And it's welcoming in that. But that's a very serious note now to be going down at long. Mm. Well, I uh, trust that what St. Patrick called in the arts is led us here to this serious note and I really appreciate you presencing it so vividly. And I wonder how music or sound might be a doorway for us to arrive more fully into what we're both called to and also what we're afraid to hear. As you said, that we carry these fears inside of us. And yeah. Perhaps you could speak to that. What is it about sound for you or that you see in others, especially as you minister at rituals of death and loss, as well as rituals of binding and love? Yeah. A wonderful question. A wonderful question. You see, there are the two sides to that, Andy. There is, on the one hand, there is the person who is actually making the sound, who's creating the words, but... On an even more important level, there is the listener. Mm. And so it's how that sound is ritualized within yourself to make you make us all a better person to for us to fulfill our potential. As Catherine of Siena says, when you know your potential, you will set the world on fire. Mm. And so... But for me, it's the listener, really. All scriptures will tell us to listen. Shema, O Israel, is the first words of Isaiah, the book mm. from the Hebrew scriptures. Listen is 
the most commonly used word in all of our Christian scriptures and, of course, in all other scriptures as well. And, of course, when I'm talking about listening, can't forget its sister, which is silence. Mm. Mm. And even if you throw down in a scrabble board or wherever those six little letters of listen, they'll come up another way as silent. Mm. Same mm. letters. Mm. That just works in the, in the English language. Um, but for me, it is really, you know, because the first, as I said, I lived in a Benedictine monastery for 16 years. And the very first word in that rule of St. Benedict, which he wrote for his monks in the 5th, 6th century, wrote in Latin. And so when you open that rule, I don't think Owen has a copy of it here, no, um, it, it, the very first word is ausculta, 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 which means listen with the ear of the heart. Mm. Listen mm. with the ear of the heart. And mm. again, that's what you're an expert and a genius at, Andy, in that you are allowing people, you're opening people to the ears of the heart of the mm. heart. Mm. Mm. Which is a new kind of listening, a very new kind of listening, but accessible to everybody. That And that's what I called theosophy, because when I started studying um, for a, a doctoral programme on the whole area of listening and the voice of God, because it is my thesis that our ears are the most sophisticated and sensitive methods of bringing in the divine. Because first of all, our little physical ears are way ahead of our eyes, our hands, of the olfactory, way ahead of it. The very first to develop your little, your two children, Andy, and your child that you're waiting for. Mm. Was to be born in August, is it? Yes. That's right. Now he, he or she, they're what is fully developed in them is those three little tiniest bones in your body, inside in your inner ear. They're already developed in your little baby now to come. The incus, the malleus and the stapes, the hammer, mm. the anvil and mm. the stirrup. They're fully developed. So, you know, how, when we're born, that we're born such we can't walk, we can't see, but we can hear. Mm. Very mm. first sense to develop the last sense to leave the body, to atrophy. So, you know, when you're with somebody, many of you might have the, had the experience. I've had it myself of being with somebody when they are just comatized and on the final leg, on the final step of their passage out. And you think that they're almost gone. They can hear you. Mm. And mm. so that's why you have to flood people who are dying with words of love and mm. kindness and reminiscences mm. and songs too that they may have heard. I could tell you stories about people that I've experienced that I've had, but just take it from me that it's true. <sighs> and so, and you could you look at, you could only see in one direction. You could hear in all directions. Mm. Your mm. ears are insomniacs, <laughs> like the divine, like the divine. They never sleep. Mm. And so they're always on alert. Mm. A direct connection between your ears and your voice, first of all. So it's the only sense that we can, doesn't have to leave the body to be heard. And then that's the beautiful thing, Andy, that the voice you're speaking in and the voice I'm speaking in is so different to what our hearers are hearing. Mm. That's why when we listen to ourselves on a tape, we say, Jesus, that's not me. <laughs> and you're right, it isn't. Because mm. it's only you can hear that beautiful voice, mm. sound of it. Mm. You know? mm. So lots of different, there are myriads of other little facts to prove that your ear is very sophisticated. So therefore, why wouldn't the divine want us to be all ears when it comes to praying? <laughs> and that all really we're doing is divine aerobics when we, when we try to connect with that or when we listen mm. to this podcast, when we put ourselves into this space, you know. Um, so I wanted to say that. And then one day I was just walking 
out. And I said, I really need one term to embrace all of the myriads of the ear and its connection with the divine and, of course, silence. And so this little word, theosony, came. And I came back to my supervisor and he said, don't be ridiculous. He said, there's, you can't, there's no such thing as a new word. And then he started to Google it. Um, it never came up until now. So what it is, is, and you Americans are very good at this. It's the company combining two words together, mm. like mm. lunch and breakfast. <laughs> or like asking us to chill out and to relax. What do you say, chillax? Um, um, a hotel that you're traveling by on the motorway is a motel all these kind of things you dovetail together two Mm -hmm. words so Mm. what i did was i it's called a portmanteau word yes so i just took two words a theos or theo which is the greek for god theology you know that's what the word the the word of god theology um and sonans which is a Latin word, present participle for sonic, sounding. Mm. So that's sounding of God, the sounding of God. Because, of course, when you're talking about hearing, as we are now talking about, the sound is gone. So I wanted it to be in the present. And, of course, prayer is also in the present. Mm. Being present. The Buddhists, of course, would the hear, and now the H-E-A-R, as well as the H-E-R-E. Mm. And now... Mm. 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 So, and we've, of course, we've forgotten how to listen. We used to be uh, Nellie Sachs, marvellous um, Holocaust poet. She has a long point that we have forgotten how to listen. Yeah. Press or press your ear into the earth and you will hear how in life Death, I can't remember exactly the final word, but we've forgotten to listen. Mm. Mm. You know, and our mm. world is sound, Andy. You know, the NASA scientists will tell us that our Earth is vibrating at B flat, <laughs> 59 octaves down. You know, so we can hear the B flat. La, la, la. That's kind of a B flat. Um, but now listen, try to listen to that 59 octaves down. It may be inaudible, but sometimes, sometimes you can hear it. And if anything affected that little uh, sound, we would explode. <laughs> oh. I feel like key. you just took, took me to, took me to a school I needed to go to today. Thank you. There's a little, a little... Irish tune that revolves sort of around that harmonic resonance, or resonance, resonance too. Indeed. Well, <laughs> it is indeed yeah. our residence, exactly. our one and only here. And residence. Um, and so I'll give you a little blast of it. Mm. It's a tune from uh, County Waterford, from one of the Irish speaking areas in Ireland. And of course, as you know, we just have a few, very few Irish speaking areas left in Ireland. Even though Irish is our first language, that's a lie. We all speak English. We're one of the few countries, I'm ashamed to say, that doesn't speak our own language. Mm. Mm. Only about 4% of our people speak Mm. on a daily basis. And and I just want to say very briefly before you play the song, I want to honour that there is a very intentional colonial imperial decision that created that reality for Ireland and is creating, as you acknowledged in your prayer for peace earlier, is creating realities like that all over the world. And it is, in my experience, one of the saddest truths of our fear is that we seek to eradicate these original sounds and in so doing cut ourselves off from where we came from and cut others off where they we think we're cutting others off from where they came from but we're cutting all of us off from where we came from so i'm really want to appreciate you in particular for being a living embodiment of carrying these lineages even as they are so imperiled in our modern era 
again gratitude to this whistle that I played, this Fadog Stone as we call it, for the first time, because it's Owens. Mm. 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 Was the last note you ended on, was that a B flat? Yes. Mm. Mm. Well, actually it was, yes, and an F because I was in a, a minor key, so ah. actually ended in an F, which is a fifth above the B flat. Mm. 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 Which is uh or below it. Yeah, exactly. A strong harmony with that. Yeah. Root a fourth tone. below and a fifth. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. Fifth above. Yeah. Thank you for that. Oh goodness, Noreen, I there are about ten things I want to ask you right now or say say to you as you as you took us to this uh, brief masterclass on the essentiality of hearing as a way to access reality. Um, I'm, I'll maybe just share one understanding I have and then ask another question. And, and the understanding I have based on, on my sort of lay person's engagement with modern physics is that at the most foundational level of the universe, the entire universe, we encounter energetic vibration that not only is our planet producing sound, but the whole universe is producing the entire entirety of all sounds we can hear and not hear always all the time. Mm. And, uh, and so I've just, it was really exciting for me to learn some of that. I didn't know that about the ear developing first. I didn't know that about people being able, you know, this sort of, it makes intuitive sense, but to this know that, yeah, even if other senses are gone, it may still be that a person can hear. And it's a gift as they pass to flood them with sound. And I, that's actually, I think that's the question I really feel most excited to ask you about. You said, oh, I have a, a many stories. Is there a story that you're in touch with in this moment about someone who's passing, who sound was clearly an essential part of their of their passage that you might share with oh, us? Oh, absolutely. Um, many of them. Let me see. Oh, yeah. So one was um, one of the monks from the monastery, Brother Michael. And Brother Michael was uh, a brother, of course, means that he didn't opt for or indeed ordination wasn't offered to him, uh, probably because, you know, he wasn't very... Um, as well educated as many of the other monks. And this is an mm. old time now, of course, because mm. uh, Brother Michael passed away um, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, but he was a great character. Met from Dublin, a, a dub. Like, and uh, hello, how how you doing? And so uh, when you met him, you could never get away from him. So very often we'd say to ourselves, oh, <laughs> Jesus, cross the road when you see Brother Michael come. Because he would be there all day. You know, nearly all the whole day, he'd tell you stories. And they'd be interesting stories, all right, but you'd have other things to do, you know. And uh, so, But he was very fond of him. And he was on, I made several recordings with the Benedictine monks of Glenstall Abbey, religious songs. And uh, so he was on, all, I think, all of our recordings, even though he had a great voice. But of course, that's the thing about being a monk. It isn't about, even though they're singing all day, that, you know, very often some of them would, you know, not um, mightn't make what we would term um, a very sweet sound, mm. but that's mm. irrelevant because really they're just singing for God. Mm. And then, mm. as mm. a little aside, so to any of you out there who look, you know, are looking in, saying, "Ah, oh God, I'm not a singer. Ah, oh Lord, I can't sing." You can, mm. if you can talk, you can mm. sing. Mm. Okay. So, so important. Um, so anyway, Brother Michael was passing over. And I was, as I say, living in the monastery at the time. And so uh, I was on the roster with the other monks to be with him in the hospital, you know, to keep to mind him all the time until he was passing on. So I went in one day and he was there and he was all strapped up onto all sorts of support machines. And so I held on to his hand and I was saying to him, Brother Michael, thanks a million. You were so wonderful. You were just, you know, I mean... Honest to God, you were. I, I just love you. And all of that. And then I said, 
I was there for a while and I was waiting for somebody to take over. And I said, now, I'll sing him a song. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll sing him a song that he would always have been singing every day, which is the Salve Regina, which the monastery sing at the end of the day. Hymn to Mary. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulce Do, Et Spes Nostra Salve, Ate Clamam, and sang it away and came to the end of it. And I was holding out to his hand and not a dicky bird, not a movement at all at all. And I said, that's grand. Now, I said, wait till I see now. And I don't know what inspired I said, I'll think of a song that he might have known in his youth. Mm. Mm. And so I thought, and I thought of, uh, you know, the lovely one in the film. You'll know it because it's film in America. And so I started... And I hadn't got to the second phrase and his hand shot up and lifted mine because I had my hand on his and lifted mine up and then fell down again. That was the last gesture he made. Mm. Mm. He heard it. Mm. And, of course, he heard the Salve Regina too and said, oh, for God's sake, I've been singing that all my life. Will you sing, sing me something else? So, um, but really, yes, you did there. And I, my mother too, indeed, when she was passing over, my aunt, um, you know, just reacting to mm. when you were telling them that how you loved them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because I hadn't really told them I loved them in, in life much. Mm. It wasn't of its time that time, you know. Mm. 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 So just, uh, mm. but you, many of your listeners will have had similar experiences, you know. Yeah. When people are passing over. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in touch with a, the gift of having someone nearby as you go who, is unconstrained by many of, at least here in the States, many of the social conventions that tell us to be quiet, to uh, not speak until you're spoken to, to um, be perfect or don't say anything at all. Absolutely. uh, Well, of course, you see, Andy, then too, I'll have to say, there's tremendous work being done over here in in this land that we're in now, the moment in America, around music panathology. Mm. And so the whole group of people, thanatology is just a, fan, a fancy word for the end of their death experiences. Mm. Yes. And so there are these people who come along with a harp and singing and so on. And I had the great privilege of being the keynote address speaker at their conference last year mm. from Ireland on Zoom. Mm. And they're doing tremendous work. I was so moved because, of course, we met several times on Zoom to, to you know, to create our event and uh, so they're doing such marvelous mm. and mm. they're so much in tune with that final passage and how sounding helps the soul to pass over sound helps and music helps the soul to pass over mm. Mm. yeah i really um i want to learn more about that thank you for naming that that's something i've been curious about for a few years now and um one wish I'm in touch with now is sort of a wish for more of us to have that kind of experience that brother Michael got to have, which is to have a friend who knows them well. Uh, They might not have to be quote unquote unquote, as professional a singer as you are, but to just have a friend who who knows to make sounds that matter to them as they are in that state. Absolutely. And I put you in contact with those people, actually, because they would make very, a very lovely um, contribution to your series. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we'll, we can definitely talk about that more. Hmm. So you said earlier that we, many of us have forgotten how to listen. And at the same time, you speak the truth that all of us can both sing and make sound and hear. And I wonder if, if I'm someone who feels that 
like something has broken through my forgetting to the extent where I might not quite know where to begin, but I feel this pull towards, towards hearing more than I've heard before to listen to nature or to music or to prayer or to speech in a way that's different. Lovely. How how might you help? Like what yeah. what wisdom do you have to share to someone who's Absolutely. beginning that journey? Well, you've really nearly answered the question, actually, Andy, yourself. But uh, I mean, there are the different levels. Of course, for my thesis, I had to go into so much detail on a categorization, yeah. a classification of listening, yeah. and how to it could be it's a very academic used. thing to to classify all of these different. Yes, levels. absolutely. Yeah. Because you have to do that, and yeah. you have to enter into that awful language of doctors you know where everything is unintelligible but we're trying to oh yeah um, a lot of a lot of doctors at any at any rate particularly the ones in theology oh my goodness you, you have to learn a language there but anyway i did and but now then i had to unlearn it so he, like here basically is a little quick tutorial mm. first of all there's listening now we can experiment with this is listening just to the sounds all around you. I hear Owen's wife now. She's just, uh, she just ran the sink there. Mm. I can hear that in the background. You'll hear the sounds, the ambient sounds of the electrical system, the sound of the traffic outside. Maybe if you're fortunate enough to hear the sound of a bird, these are ambient sounds, first level of listening, which I call cosmic theosony, listening to the sounds around you. And, what, and, and say just another word or two, why is, why is that the cosmic theosony? What's, what's that? Cosmic listening to the sounds you know, of the world around you. Yeah. In your here and now. Mm. And don't, mm. you know, necessarily pay attention. They're there all the time. Mm. But now we're focusing on them. Mm. Mm. Taking them mm. in now. And these are non-conceptual sounds. You're not putting any description on them or judgment on them. You're just listening to what your two little ears are bringing in. Our ears are very patient, you see. You can only hear one thing at a time. Our eyes are darting around all the time. That's why, of course, listening the ear is a very feminine sense because it's receptive, bringing in sounds and slow in that level. Patient, very patient. Mm. Whereas the eyes are very masculine, darting around. We can see so many colours at the one time. We can only hear one sound. So just listen to that. Now come on to the second level of listening. And this is where a sound carries a meaning. You might hear a bus outside and it might remind you, oh my goodness, I'm remembering Granny because she was knocked down by a bus. Mm. Something that takes you into another level of meaning. Or I might say to you, Andy, close that door. So the words you're hearing are conveying a message. And I classified this as, and of course there are a whole lot of levels within these categories. But uh, I, broadly speaking, I would call it Charismatic. Charismatic is a theological term for something that carries a message. Mm, mm, carries a message. Mm. So you're now going from con concept, non-concept to conceptual. Mm, Listen. Mm, mm. But now the third level is the level of mystical listening. And this is where a sound, you're allowing it. Music, poetry, whatever the sound of nature, of course, to bring you into the presence of the divine and to allow you to be grateful for your existence, for the gift of your life, the gift mm. of being, the gift of love and taking you out of yourself. In theology, there is a great practice going back to the fourth century called Lexio Divina. Some of your listeners might have heard that, which is divine reading, Lexio reading and Divina divine. And that's where you take a little poem. Let me see. I have 
one of St. Patrick's poem that I sang for you there. I arise today in a mighty strength calling upon the Trinity. And just take those few words and read them over and over and over again. And then you might select one word out of that that really stands out to you. And that could be strength. Or it could be I arise, arise, mm-hmm. arise. And then you mull on that over and over again and until it becomes a mantra and you're mesmerised by it and taken out of yourself. Again, you can do it with audio divina, divine listening. So sit out in nature and let that call of the cuckoo, let the sound of the breeze through the trees mesmerise you and bring you into it. So that's basically a little uh, exercise Mm. in theosophy. And then, of course, you can apply that to silence too, you see, and allow the silence to speak to you, you know. Mm. And then again, I called that final um, category, the mystical listening, um, silent theosophy. Because going on that, the oxymoron there of silence and sound. St. John of the Cross, great mystic. I stole it from him, actually. He says, my God, my beloved, is silent music. Silent music. I grew up near wetlands and at a certain time of year, every year, there are baby frogs who emerge in the mud. Exactly. And uh, I didn't know until recently they were only babies, but there are these tiny little miniature frogs and they sing or speak or make sound and such a chorus it's uh i had an opportunity recently to just sit at the edge of the wetlands and listen and um it was almost in a way too much i couldn't couldn't believe how <laughs> full and uh, and boisterous and alive these little creatures were and how much noise they could make, how much sound they could make. Did you record that at all, Andy? I didn't record it. I did. I wish, <laughs> but I, you know, I, in a, my heart recorded it. Exactly. Because, you know, why I'm asking is I would love to hear that because I have a frog phobia. Oh, Oh my goodness. It's the only phobia I have. So I go for a, a long nature walk every day. I try to fit it in because I live beside a woods near the monastery. And it's just a marvellous uh, forest walk. And so the frogs are spawning at the moment and coming out. And I just am in dread and fear of mm. looking down and seeing these little fellas. And I know, so I think if I heard their sound, it might heal my phobia. I will the next time I'm uh, near where I grew up. Yeah, I will record and share with you in hopes that it helps you heal as opposed to uh, activates the phobia even more. (laughs) Absolutely. I think the source of that is that I had an uncle, um, a farmer, because we all grew up around farmers. All all my mother's people were farmers and uh, when we were small, you know what he used to do? He used to drop frogs down our back. <laughs> so that's that's such an uncle thing to do. It's so like mischievous and way more harmful than he probably thought. <laughs> so keep your little ones away from their uncles. Okay. <laughs> Not that they'd be anything like my uncle Nash, but anyway. <laughs> well, I could I could think of one uncle in my family who would who yeah. would who would happily cause that kind of mischief. So yeah. Mm. So probably a good note to end on. <laughs> well, you know, actually, the note I'd love to end on, Noreen, we have just a few minutes left. Uh, you've invited us into these three layers of listening. The cosmic, the charismatic. am I saying that right? Charismatic, yep. Charismatic and the mystic. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I wonder if we could close with one more piece of your choosing with the invitation for myself, for you, and for anyone else who hears this to slow down without any judgment or force to the, and just listen with his, at whatever level they feel called to listen in this moment. Would that, how does that sound? Absolutely. And so I'll end with a blessing from Ireland, um, inviting you in to that space of allowing this blessing to become a reality for you and to, uh, to touch you in whatever way. And it's a setting that's quite popular in Ireland and for abroad. But I'd like to listen in a new kind of way now. And like Andy was saying at the beginning, we could just begin like we ended, or end like we began, which was with our eyes closed. Because of course, when you close your eyes, your sense of hearing becomes heightened much more. Mm. And so when we really want to listen to somebody, of course, we must, we never talked about how to listen to other people. But, um, of course, when we're listening deeply to somebody speaking to us, we should, of course, look them in the eye and be with them, really present in sight and in sound. But listening to music or whatever is always heightened by closing your eyes. Mm. May the road rise to greet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. May the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of her arm. Mm. Noreen, this has been such a pleasure and a gift. I've, I've been moved to the edge of tears a few times in this conversation, and I take that as a sign that whatever happened today was what was meant to happen. So really, as deeply as I can say it, thank you. Agus Mohamed, Artine, Tinnit and Koydas, Agus the year. Thanks for tuning in to The Wonder Dome. This podcast was produced by me, Andy Cahill, with support from Kelly Serqua, and audio editing and engineering services from Jim Serqua at Sump Pump Studios. The theme song was written and performed by Todd Marston. You can find The Wonder Dome wherever pods are casted. If you dig what we're doing here, please share widely, subscribe, and give us some love in the review boards. And if you feel called to support this humble offering to the world, while also making an even greater impact on the lives of others. Consider becoming a monthly supporter. Not only will you help me keep the lights on and keep the show going for as long as I'm able, but 30% of all member contributions go directly in support of causes like the Black Lives Matter movement, the United Nations Refugee Agency, and the National Resources Defense Council. You can find out more at my website, mindfulcreative.coach, where you can also sign up for my newsletter, learn about my transformational coaching work and get plugged into exclusive offers and community happiness. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a life of purpose, power, and presence. We need you now more than ever.